Hello everyone and welcome to this episode, the second part of the Confidence One of the Women Talking About Learning podcast. I'm Andrew Jacobs. As we said last week, this is a special episode. We asked women to send in their thoughts about confidence and what it meant to them and had so many contributions that we split the episode into two parts and this is the second part of that episode. Please do reach out and connect with the speakers when you've heard from them and you will want to connect with these smart women. This is Women Talking About Learning. This is Michelle, Melissa, Holly, Martine, Amy, Amanda, Ifat, Margaret, Sheena, Nikki and Janet talking about confidence. I'm Michelle Perry Slater, the founder of Kairos Modern Learning and author of the Learning and Development Handbook. When Andrew asked me about this podcast about confidence, my initial thought was how I was so much less confident when I was a younger person. I guess an advantage of ageing is a growth in confidence and some of that for me is through the realisation that not everybody will or needs to like you. So caring less about what others think actually helps you be more confident, provided that you are surrounded by a good cheer squad and know your stuff. Um, Those are the things that have really helped me to grow in confidence. There's definitely something in getting older or having more experience which helps with confidence. This of course then led me, uh, given that I do a lot of work with young people and I've got uh, teenage children, it led me to think about well how do less experienced or younger people grow in confidence? They shouldn't have to wait to be old in order to be confident. So I asked my children what are their views on confidence? What are their friends views on confidence? Their responses um, There was a bit of a theme, if you like, about fitting in, about not standing out. And that made me a little bit sad, but I guess it was understandable. You know, being a teen is very hard and so many changes all happening at once. Standing out is just another thing to have to think about. So as a family, we explored these in a conversation. Um, You know, who are the confident youngsters? Why are they confident? And again, it came back to not caring what people think. There's definitely something in remembering people are too busy living their own lives to really give a hoot about other people. My youngest daughter was painfully shy when she was tiny and when she started school she wouldn't even say yes when the teacher called out the register. She has really beautiful orange hair, it's not red mummy, it's orange she always used to say to me, Uh, but it does draw quite a lot of attention. Older people particularly in our village would always comment how beautiful her hair is and reaching out to touch it which I found really strange. You know my daughter wasn't there to be patted on the head like a dog. Um, Older people didn't mean bad of it but it definitely affected her confidence I think. She really hated it, she hated her hair, she hated standing out and she just wanted to fit in and be like everybody else. Now these days as a teen I'm so proud of how confident she has become and a lot of that for her has been growing to like her hair. It's it's beautiful, it, it started to be curly and it just flows out of her head. 
in a gleaming fashion and and as she's come to love it she's come to love herself and realize her uniqueness you know she'll often say I've got blue eyes and orange hair I'm very very unique hardly anyone in the world has got my combination and she's proud of that now but she wasn't once proud of it so I guess um, you know my super shy tot moving into somebody who uh, exudes confidence as a teen reminds us there's definitely something in making peace with yourself in having a cheer squad behind you and supported family and friends and you know really loving yourself and your gifts and your uniqueness can help with your confidence I wasn't always confident actually um, I, am I confident now I think we're confident in degrees it depends on the situation but I am pretty confident I'm very happy to stand up in front of anybody and talk about my craft of learning and development and what I know and I want to help other people um, and, and that gives me an energy and a confidence I will always stand up for the underdog. I will always take on responsibility for others who are less confident than me. I want to push for what's right. Um, and, and this has been born out of my own lack of confidence as a youngster and starting out in work, that kind of thing. Um, I, I wasn't confident as a younger person, but I knew that those people that were confident in work, I could see that they were the ones that were getting promoted they were the ones that were getting the good projects and so to practice and overcome a lack of confidence I did two things one was really get to know my work and to get to know my craft because you can exude confidence when you know what you're talking about and um, so I studied hard and uh, and reflected a lot on the work I was doing to make sure that I could be the best practitioner that I could be and the second was uh, to practice public speaking and and I did this by volunteering for Hearing Dogs for Deaf People as a speaker. Um, I've absolutely lost count of the number of hundreds and hundreds, I guess, now of talks that I've done for such a wonderful charity as Hearing Dogs. And, uh, you know, I'm talking about uh, how we get the dogs and how we train the dogs and how to uh, donate money if you wanted to support the work and things like that. Um, I... I've done that so often that I've got a good patter, but what it actually helped me was um, was build those skills in a very safe space. As a volunteer, nobody has got great expectations. You know, when you turn up to give a presentation, they're not expecting a TED Talk style polished approach. They're expecting, you know, one human being talking to a group of human beings. So it's a really safe environment where you can try new stuff, you can experiment with your delivery. And, uh, you know, I learned that if I focus always on the message that I'm giving, make it very clear, and if I can focus on the audience and what they're taking away, then that's a bit of a recipe for a good presentation. So there's definitely something in practicing. There's definitely something in knowing your stuff. There's definitely something in, in learning your craft. Uh, and, and I would absolutely really, really recommend volunteering as a way of helping your confidence. So they're my tips. Know your stuff. Remember, people are wrapped up in their own world. So if you want to get a message across to them, you need to really make it engaging for them. But by remembering people are wrapped up in their own world, stop caring so much about what others think about you. They're generally thinking about themselves. Have yourself a confidence cheer squad be that friends or family who can really look out for you and support you in on those days where you're feeling less confident love yourself you are a unique gift to this earth and uh, what you bring to it is important 
and therefore you can really know that what you're offering to the world is unique and important as well and practice practice being confident you know I am a bit of a believer in Amy Cuddy and uh, fake it till you make it approach to things even if you're terrified on the inside everyone generally wants you to do well and so that can give you some confidence to not be terrified on the outside hope that's been helpful I'm Melissa Hobson I'm a PR consultant and copywriter and I run PR consultancy sessions often for people who are new to media relations. So I do find that a lack of confidence is really, really common. Um, there seems to be an almost universal anxiety about contacting a journalist to tell them about your product, service, your business. and. I think that's totally understandable. The unknown is really scary. Um, so in terms of overcoming that lack of confidence, what I think is really, really important is sharing our successes, but also our challenges to help overcome that feeling that something is completely unknown. I think particularly as women, we can really buoy each other up and give each other confidence. It's so helpful to feel like someone else gets it and they face the issue that you're facing before, or maybe they can suggest a solution. Um, I have a brilliant business coach who fills me with lots of confidence when I feel like I'm perhaps lacking in it. And I really try to do the same for other women who are facing issues in their business or are just feeling a little bit deflated. Um, and that's why really I don't see other consultants or writers as competition. I think overall it's better for everyone if we help each other, we share our learnings and we empower each other with a little bit more confidence to go about the day. This is Holly McDonald. I'm the principal and uh, founder of a company called Spark & Co. We're instructional experts with practical solutions. So this is a clip about confidence. Confidence has enabled me to ask for what I want. Many years ago, I was in a position where I asked for something that seemed kind of audacious at the time. I created my own role at the company I was working at. I wrote a job description, presented it to my boss, made a business case, made sure it was a win-win so they saw what was in it for them and was successful. And I was, I was fairly young, so I thought um, this was a pretty good lesson to learn. I'm not sure if I was confident at that stage or just young and foolish, but I didn't really have much to lose. And the lesson that I learned is that ask for what you want, and often you're rewarded. And the confidence I had in myself uh, always tempered the risk. So I needed to be aware of the risk I was taking, but I didn't want it to dictate my path. So when I wanted a better severance package, I was confident that I deserved it. When I wanted to come back from mat leave part-time instead of full-time, I successfully negotiated that. When I wanted a job that, I went up, that would allow me to work four days a week, which was definitely not the norm at that point, I was confident they'd say yes, and I successfully negotiated that. And when I wanted to start my own business, I was pretty confident I'd succeed. Definitely have had some wobbles along the way, but I was confident. 
And that confidence has also allowed me to make bold decisions about my work and my life. So as a result, I was mortgage-free at 40. I've been running my own business for the past 15 years, and I'm contemplating retirement at 52 as a self-employed person. And I have no qualms about my future. I'm confident I'm going to be happy and fulfilled. I think as women, we're often conditioned to not be confident. We're, we're often portrayed as dependent and require external validation. And I'm not painting myself as the epitome of confidence, but as the mother of daughters, I want them to see that confidence starts from within. When you're confident, good things can happen. And it has a way of fostering more confidence, kind of like a virtual cycle. It's empowering. And if I reflect on my own experience, I think the keys for me is I don't compare myself to other people. Not always, anyway. Uh, I take calculated risks. I feel the fear, but I do it anyway. And I'm always grateful for what I have in life. Hi, I'm Martine Bolton, and I'm a trainer, coach, consultant, and author of the book, Your Thinking is Your Superpower. Self-confidence is something that many of us would like to have a bit more of, and that some might even feel is elusive. But what is it really? It's a feeling of being good, capable, even lovable, underpinned by the thoughts and the beliefs that we hold about ourselves. It's also our sense of identity, so who we are, what we think we're good and bad at, and what's possible and not possible for us. We tend to be confident in the things we've learnt to do already, and often do them with little conscious thought or anxiety. But anything new or different, and therefore out of comfort zone for us, can really shake our confidence and our fears that we might not be good, capable or lovable enough can surface. Our experiences in life and how we interpret them help to shape our ideas and beliefs about ourselves, but often they're based on faulty assumptions and aren't really true. For example, we tend to think of ourselves as our name, our gender, age, occupation or the roles that we fulfil. All the kind of things that we might say when we're meeting new people and are asked to say a bit about ourselves. But there's a lot more to us than just these aspects of our identity. The essence of who we are isn't our outer physical being, but the non-physical inner being that we might call our spirit. So we tend to think of ourselves as being just these physical bodies and brains with certain strengths and limitations, and forget or maybe don't even realise that what we really are is pure and unlimited spirit with the potential to do pretty much anything. So we're really superhuman beings, unbound in many ways by the natural laws and limitations of the physical world. However, and this is a big however, our physical world responds to and reflects our mental world. This is quantum physics, and it means that our thoughts and beliefs, whether there's any basis of truth in them or not, create our experiences and the outcomes that we get. Think lots of confident thoughts and things will tend to go well. Think lots of fearful thoughts and things will be unlikely to go as well for you. 
So what can we do about this so that it doesn't block us from the success and the happiness that we deserve? The first thing is to update our sense of identity so you are not who you've been told you are and you are not limited in the ways you've come to believe. You are a superhuman being with powers and potentials that you'll be rapidly developing in the coming weeks and months. Throw away or burn all ideas of can't or not being good enough. So visualize them going up in smoke now. The second thing we can do is to strengthen our foundation. So imagine tree roots going down into the earth from below your feet. Visualize one root that represents your goodness and now one that represents your capability. Another for your lovableness and another for your strength, your courage and your kindness. So make these roots wider now and send them down deeper into the core of the earth. And you can do this visualization daily until you feel completely rooted and stable in your foundation. And the third thing that we can do is to stay present. So when we stay present in the moment, mindfully aware and focused on the now or the task at hand, we can't physically worry, judge or compare ourselves with anyone. So in summary, confidence is all about our thinking. Believe in yourself, as they say, and you will be unstoppable. My name is Amy Young. Confidence has encouraged me to trust myself. It's this innate trust I have in my decision-making and my non-negotiables that allows me to work with other women and girls and get them to see that they don't need to seek anyone else's permission or validation. If they feel it's right, then it probably is. My mother inspires me every day. From a young age, I saw her as an independent woman who earned her own money, forged her own path and said no when she knew she didn't want or need something. She's the woman who was the first female on the board, the woman who was told that if she wore suits, she may be taken more seriously and who refused to do so. The woman who had funky coloured hair, a laugh that lights up the room and a fierce fire in her belly that means she still continues to do what she wants and when she wants. She was the first woman to teach me to ask why, to question the fact that it had always been done that way and to set my rules and my boundaries. When I feel confident, I smile, I laugh a little louder, I wear the thing I want to wear, I take up the space I need and that I deserve. I've embraced confidence through motherhood, through changing career and forging a new one and through taking on new challenges every day because I know that I can do it. My girlfriends, my daughter, my husband, my family, everyday people, they're what inspire me and help me to feel more confident. Hi there, I'm Amanda Hosenfeld and I'm a learning consultant in North America with ComputerShare. In a previous role at a previous company, I traveled all over the country training programs that no one else could or did train. I set standards for facilitation and onboarding, and I mentored new trainers. It's when I decided to move into a more managerial learning role at a new company that my confidence fell so low, I didn't know if L&D was still what I was meant to do. 
Being in charge of L&D, of programs and curriculum and projects, that's the next logical step. And confidence would be stepping up, right? Well, not for me. Like many made-in-the-80s millennials, imposter syndrome was, and still is, a real presence in my professional life. And as with imposter syndrome, I didn't feel like I knew what I was doing, that I was the only one advocating for learning and development and not even getting a seat at the table. Now, to be fair, support for learning and development has to come from the top. And I found myself coordinating L&D at companies where that was not the case. And that impacted my confidence even more. I've accepted and actually embraced the fact that I'm at my most confident when I'm an individual contributor, when I'm training leadership classes rather than leading. And I find this to be incredibly empowering. I'm behind the scenes for leaders' successes. And when those leaders grow and use their new skills, when they recall their development in the back of their minds, implement their training, maybe they have just a flash of me as their facilitator, but it's enough to fuel my confidence. Being self-aware enough to know that a promotion or a manager role is not necessarily a step up for me is incredibly empowering, and I'm both humbled and inspired every day by the participants in my classes, past and present, who keep me in their thoughts, whether they realize it or not. I've inspired others with confidence, and many others have inspired confidence in me. There would be too many people to name. What I have learned about confidence over the years is that before you can overcome imposter syndrome, um, you really have to reflect on who you are, what what your key strengths are, what makes you, you. Um, And that kind of self-awareness is the key to confidence. And if you've had a life of trials and tribulations and you've picked yourself up and you've carried on, then that's a strength. And that resilience alone should be enough to boost your self-confidence. We've all suffered with self-doubt and we've all suffered from you know, forms of imposter syndrome, some more than others. But if we can reflect on when we are at our best, when we achieve a state of flow and how we can spend more time there, our beliefs in ourselves will become stronger and so will our confidence. And it won't be um, a, a fake it till you make it type of confidence. It will be so organic and so natural to you and your presence. Hello, I'm Margaret Burnside from Cape People Development. We're talking about confidence, a big word that has many interpretations. It's hard to describe and can feel elusive. So who am I? I've been working in learning development for 38 years. I've been doing that in larger companies and run several small businesses in this field. And despite many outward signs of success, have watched that confidence waver over all these years. So recognising it as a fragile, easily knocked attribute, I'm probably better able to describe how it feels when less confident. The times I feel confident are often the times when many people I coach 
tell me they feel least confident. Give me a room full of people I've never met before and ask me to lead them through a learning experience. Yep, there it is, that lovely, relaxed, curious, warm feeling of confidence. Meeting a new potential customer to ask them all about their business and discuss how we might be able to help them. Great, bring it on. Record a video to introduce an online learning event. Give me a minute to prepare some words, then yes, let's go. So that's me. If it's related to my work, draws on my experience, my knowledge, no problem. Of course, there are many situations where that may not be the case. But one of the things I've learned about confidence is that age can really help too. As I've got older, I've thrown myself into more situations and been more comfortable with that. So for me, confidence is something that grows with experience, builds and ultimately is still something that comes and goes depending on what we're dealing with. My name is Sheena White and I am your super business coach. I run Kapow, which is a business coaching plan for small, overwhelmed business owners who just need to do business better. I had to relearn what confidence was after a pretty significant life-changing event, which was being diagnosed with breast cancer back in 2010. And, you know, after all of the ghastly horribleness of having bits of you taken away and added back on and all that kind of stuff and, uh, and chemotherapy, what really occurred to me was that all of the things that I had used as confidence triggers before that had been taken away. And so, you know, it was having to relearn how to be confident in my own skin as somebody who looked different than I had, you know, previously to that. Um, And actually, it was being able to look inside and think, the same person's in there, I just need to let her out a bit and let her be let her be confident in herself, even though those parameters have changed. And once I got my head around that, it was fine. It was almost like it was a releasing and kind of thinking, well, you know what? I might look different than I did before. I might feel a bit different than I did before, but I'm still here. You know, I'm still striding on. Cancer can do one. And that gave me so much confidence going forward. One of the things that I find quite interesting is getting across that whole mindset of allowing people to accept their own confidence. And one of the ways that I I get people to do that is who inspires them, why they are inspired by those people, and then recognizing that actually what they're doing is mirroring the thoughts and processes that they have in their own head. I hear a lot about, you know, I could never do that. So I want to be like that person. How can I be like that person? I will never achieve what that person has done. And if you're making those kind of thoughts in your head, what you're actually reflecting is, I want to be just like that. So by getting them to own that and thinking, okay, that's your ambition, your dream, when you're pointing at that person, there are three fingers pointing back at you. And it's thinking, okay, so they are attributes that you have in yourself. Let's pull them out and tweeze them out and actually get you to own them. And then you'll be confident in them. I'm not sure, actually, that there are many differences to being a woman working in learning and development now. Um, I think there was certainly an assumption when I started working in learning and development that you would all women would always focus on the the to do stuff. You know, let's le- learn how to use Word. Let's learn how to use Excel. And that that was possibly a mindset over 25 years ago, crikey, um, you know, when I first started working in L&D. But those days are long, are long gone now. And that sort of framework, that rigidity of learning and development is much more fluid now as well. And, you know, I bring my learning and development expertise into business coaching. Now, 
15 years ago, they would have been two very separate pigeonholes that people would have wanted me to be in one or the other. So I think it does relate to confidence in that, you know, having the confidence to simply do what you do well um, means that those parameters of, well, you can't do that because you're a woman or you shouldn't do that because you're a woman. If you don't believe in that, then you take that confidence with you and those barriers are, are long gone. Hi, I'm Nikki Hobson. And I have to start with full disclosure. I agreed and I agreed to share my thoughts on confidence and then I lost my confidence to do it. And it's only because I've seen Andrew this week that that has given me the push that I needed to press record. After being at Learning Technologies this week, I'm reminded that events like that give me confidence. I remember going to my first event and being in complete awe and completely inspired by the women that were involved. They have motivated me to continuously develop, to keep learning, which ultimately has built my confidence. And that confidence then led me to start my own business, to start Focus and Develop. And I honestly don't believe I'd have taken that or taken that step if I hadn't have attended one of the conference sessions that they were chairing or involved in, or if I hadn't started following them on social media, if I hadn't have sparked a conversation with them or become friends with them. When I'm confident, I feel like I can take on the world. My imposter syndrome disappears. I find I'm really productive. And then I'm always on the go. And I love being on the go. I love being busy. It gives me a lot of energy. That energy then turns into confidence, ultimately, because I'm happy. And again, when I'm happy, then I feel like I'm on top of the world and I can take it on. Over the years, I've realised that being out of my comfort zone ultimately helps build my confidence as well. Overcoming that uncomfortable feeling really helps me then reflect and go, well, you did that, so you can do this. And I try and remind myself that if at any point my confidence drops, which is ultimately why I found the confidence to press record. Here I am feeling uncomfortable with the understanding that when I press that send button, I'll be proud of myself and I'll feel confident. Janet Webb, confidence for me is about feeling safe in situations where we potentially might not feel safe. So it's not about um, being in your comfort zone and, and being chilled and relaxed. It's about situations where there may be some slight level of perceived jeopardy, where we understand that we can handle that, that we're going to be okay. And to get that feeling of confidence, you need two things, I think. One is knowledge, so understanding what's going on, um, understanding about what's likely to happen because you have sufficient experience and knowledge to be able to predict that. But also it's about belief and what we believe about ourselves, what we believe about the situation that we're in. Now, you get that by going through stuff and dealing with that and learning lessons along the way. 
Um, and the more that you can do that, the more confident you will be because you have the experience that tells you, actually, I handled that new thing, whatever that new thing is. So confidence comes from having sufficient amount of knowledge and understanding about a situation, but also the ability to to use that information for your own benefit. If I think of times in my life when I've lacked confidence, it's either because I had a sense of I don't really know what I'm doing and and we get a whole load of imposter syndrome coming in at that point. Um, or it can be I don't know how I'm uh, supposed to respond in this situation or I may even not realise how much my emotions are hijacking me. So my confidence has built over the years because I've learned to explore my emotions and see them from a third party perspective to look at myself and notice what's going on and decide for myself which um, which thoughts and emotions are helpful for me and what I can let go of. And the more that we do that, the more we we give ourselves confidence to be able to tackle new things. That's it in a nutshell, as far as I can see. So that is it. A two-parter episode on confidence. You've heard almost an hour of inspiring and honest contributions from some really smart women. An enormous thank you to all of our guests in the episodes, but for this part, Melissa, Michelle, Holly, Martine, Amy, Amanda, Ifat, Margaret, Sheena, Nikki and Janet. Like last week, you'll find all their contact details within the show notes. Please do like and subscribe to Women Talking About Learning on your podcast player. It really does make it easier for people to find us. You can contribute to Women Talking About Learning via our Ko-Fi page. Women Talking About Learning will always be free at the point of entry and unsponsored. And that means we rely on donations to keep things going. Take care and we'll see you again soon.